0: Welcome to the Americana Station podcast, episode number 10, with my first non-Nashville singer-songwriter, uh, hailing from New Orleans, Louisiana, by way of Shreveport, my good friend Miss Kelsey May, uh, of Evermore Nest, is on the podcast today. She stopped by during her time at Americana Fest. We had her on, uh, our Americana Station showcase at Bowery Vault. Had a great time, um, it was so good to hear her play, and, uh, also to just talk with her She's she's a great uh, interviewee um, And uh, it was a lot of fun Talking about uh, All the different things That we got to talk about On the podcast today I hope that you enjoy it Make sure you go And buy her new album Please don't just stream it uh, Streams Don't really help us Pay the bills And um, she's got an amazing New record out um, She came up here And recorded it in Nashville She's got some killer players that she'll tell you about uh, in this podcast on it and uh, it's definitely worth uh, the 10 bucks that you pay to download it so please go do that and um, without further ado here's um, Evermore Nest Hey, everyone. We got uh, Kelsey May from Evermore Nest today on the show. Um, welcome.
1: Thanks, Will. Excited to be on it.
0: How's it been going? How's Americana Fest been for you?
1: It's been a whirlwind. I uh, There's so much to do and see and say. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my first time being being at Americana Fest. I'm kind of blown away.
0: What's been some of the your favorite performances besides mine?
1: Besides yours, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I would say, hmm, that's a great question. I really enjoyed the performances at the Proper Records, um, the Americana UK showcase. Um, It was like Ben Glover, Nielsen Hubbard, uh, Kim Ritchie, um, and who else was there? Someone else there. But they were all phenomenal. Um, I really enjoyed Samantha Fish, fantastic Negrito. It was pretty wild. Is she from New Orleans? I don't think so. No? No, not that I'm aware of. Samantha lives in New Orleans now. Oh, okay.
0: Um, so great segue, Nielsen Hubbard produced your record. Yes. Evermore Nest. And what's the name of the album going to be?
1: The album is entitled The Place That You Call Home.
0: The Place That You Come Home and it comes out?
1: It comes out October 12th this year, 2018. All right. Yeah, I'm really excited. I recorded it last summer here in Nashville and, um, I got to hang out with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a pretty magical week. And so I'm really excited that finally it's going to see the light of day
0: that's exciting especially when it's been like a year in the making you're just ready to get it out to the world
1: i'm totally ready i'm ready to start focusing on on just writing and playing and
0: yeah (laughs) how how long was that writing process for this album how many songs did you uh put on the record and how many songs did you have to kind of like go i don't have room for this on the record
1: yeah we we cut 11 total and 10 of them made it on there there was one that i just didn't the you know, I, it was my first time going into the studio with more songs than I intended to yeah. to necessarily put on a record, and I just I w- I don't think I got the vibe right, you know, and so so that's one that we'll be playing on tour that I think I'm finally figuring out how it needs to to sound, so it might show up on another record, but yeah, um, but ten of them are on the record, and um, and yeah, we're really excited about it.
0: And uh, the first single is Major Tom. Major Tom, which. You will have heard playing at the beginning of this episode. Oh, cool!
2: Yeah, glad to hear that. Because I,
0: you know, I'm cool like that. I get <laughs> I get previews <laughs> of it, even though it's not October twelfth yet. Um, so you've been doing some touring, um, going to New York, mm-hmm. right? Or you went to New York?
1: No, we're headed there. Um, there. So at at this recording, so we're starting our tour here in in Nashville with Americana Fest, mm-hmm. and then um, and then. I don't really know what's going on with Hurricane Florence right now, but depending on how that all pans out, we're supposed to spend some time in the Carolinas. Um, got several shows there. Um, a couple that I'm really excited about. One is at Isis Lounge in Asheville with uh, Hannah Aldridge. Yeah. Who I think plays plays quite a bit here in Nashville. And then um, on the, on the 21st, we're playing with Brother Dej. Dej? I don't Brother Dej. Brother yeah. Dej. Deige Brother Deej um, yeah. in Charlotte at the Evening Muse. So really excited about those. But then we're headed northward, Virginia, um, Philly, Washington, D.C., New York, upstate New York. Awesome.
0: Have you ever seen Deej play? He's, he's an Not interesting... Not live. Not live, no. Very interesting <laughs> performer. Yeah. I'm excited, too. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, one time I was in Lafayette, and um, we played uh, this small stage uh, for, like, a um, some sort of festival, and right after he played... Uh, after us he decided to not set up on the stage and set up beside the stage and he was wearing a choir robe (laughs) and um, he's always just very like innovative and interesting with how he plays so I'm great you have to report back and see I (laughs) will I'll take some video yeah (laughs) shoot it to you so um, and uh, you've also been uh, playing some hometown shows recently
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, we did we did quite a bit over the summer uh, getting ready for this record release I, I have a band that that um we've put together in new orleans Mm -hmm. that's recreating all the sounds and textures on the on the album so we've been playing a lot of shows in preparation and of course we we ran the kickstarter over the summer as well to to help with all the the you know release costs so um did a lot during that time to promote that and um when i get when we get back from the tour in early october of course we'll have the the cd release party um october 12th in new orleans and then we've got a handful of shows um I'm playing with Caleb Cottle. I'm really excited about that in November. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And then, um, the Ogden after hours music series at the Southern, at the Ogden museum of Southern art. And so that's in New Orleans. That's in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah. That's it's, cool. it's a really awesome museum. You should check it out.
0: That's cool. So the, uh, where are you playing your, uh, album release in, uh, New Orleans? Chicky Wawa. Wawa. Chicky
1: yeah. It's one of my favorite listening rooms. So I'm really excited that, that that's yeah, where we get to,
0: that's a great <laughs> to release it. place to do it. Um, so uh let's see who's in your band Uh, we've got
1: sure um so touring with me currently is uh dave dakotas he's he's taken over the lead guitar role that um on the record was will kimbrough um, and kenny hudson the both of those guys and so dave dakotas is in the band uh my wife lucy courts still still plays with me when she can Um, and she plays the banjo and the mandolin Um, rebecca Crenshaw from from time to time when she's not on tour with samantha fish she's fiddle player uh, for us um Derek Duplessis on pedal steel uh Adam Everett on drums Chris Nicotera on bass guitar awesome yeah yeah we like that's to have great. that big full sound you know yeah. <laughs> as often as possible
0: <laughs> that's great and they're all going to be there for Chicky Wawa show
1: I think so we'll see I'm not sure exactly I've been on the road I'm, my head's spinning so right <laughs> yeah, <it's> especially <laughs> at Americana I, I, g- <laughs> I gotta get that squared away but yeah I'm pretty sure
0: it's uh, you're the first non-nashville person i've had on the podcast and it's really yeah it's, oh it's thanks uh, well you're welcome <laughs> of course but it's it's funny because i'm like you know thinking about your you know your new orleans dates and it's like oh i'm so used to talking about nashville and what's going on here mm-hmm. it's it's like kind of weird talking about uh back in louisiana but um so you're originally from shreveport right mm-hmm. and yeah. um you moved to new orleans
1: in 2001
0: Pursue m- to pursue music, or was that just kind of like a byproduct? To pursue college. <laughs> <laughs> to pursue college.
1: Yeah, I went to uh, Loyola University, New Orleans, for my undergrad, and I was actually an English major, and I did do some, I did, they had just started their music business program, they call it something else now, um, and, you know, entertainment industry studies or something, but they had just started that, and so I, I took a handful of those classes. I ended up with a couple minors in business and music business, and so being in that music business sort of area, I always I was writing songs at the time, but I didn't really know that yeah. I wanted to pursue anything with it. I thought I'd end up going to law school or something, but eventually I was, played an open mic and and it was over after that. But yeah, I've been in New Orleans ever since, and um, I'm just that's home.
0: Yeah, I like um, I like to tell this story. I told it last night, um, but I'll tell it again for everyone listening. Um uh i became friends with kelsey may based off of a mistake <laughs> so i was up in uh michigan and um with fawn larson and we met um natalie may's father um because he had a um he actually had a Chanka chank uh, bumper sticker a bunch of uh-huh. like uh, alonza lafayette and all this stuff and we're like oh you're from lafayette and uh, he's like, yeah, you got to look up my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we, you were the, like, we just, I was like, it was Googled something May, something May. <laughs> and you were like the top <laughs> hit. And so I emailed you and you're like, I'm not her, but.
1: Yeah, That's not my dad. You definitely let's did share not a talk show. to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that did work out. Natalie's great. Yeah. If um, if you haven't heard of Natalie May, everyone should check her out. She actually released an album. Uh, I don't know if it was 2018 or 2017, but it is really phenomenal if you like that traditional, um sort of bluegrassy Appalachian kind of style old time Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's more old time but it is really well done I mean it's beautiful so yeah Natalie May still kicking it down in New Orleans
0: that's awesome <laughs> I think that we Fawn and I went down and played at the um all-star cover dish country jamboree um in March and I believe that she was playing with the band that before us yeah mm-hmm. yeah because it's kind of that vibe totally yeah. yeah
1: she's good at it and i think her dad that you met is a musician oh really i mean i'm pretty certain that that they are that I think makes she sense. plays she plays a lot with her parents
0: a, there's a lot of uh musicians down in louisiana so um songwriting process this is my favorite part of the podcast it, how d- how does it work for you do you sit alone do you co-write um does it come to you words first How d- how does that work for you
1: Uh, usually alone. I haven't, I haven't done much co-writing. Not that I'm not open to it. I definitely am. It just hasn't happened that way for me yet. Um, words or music, it kind of, they're kind of simultaneous most often. Sometimes it happens where the words come first. I do, um, I have an MFA in poetry and so I do a fair amount of, of writing words (laughs) on the page, you know, um, not necessarily intended to become poems, but, but that practice has led me to, to writing. And so sometimes I'll, I'll pull from, from, from phrases or or things that I, that I get written down first, but oftentimes it's me sitting with an instrument and just letting creativity sort of take hold. Whatever that, whatever that is. Thing is. Mm Yeah. Yeah. The greater, (laughs) the greater thing. I'm just a channel, you know, that's kind of how I like to think of it. do you
0: do any practice exercises
1: um not really I should I know. know there's a lot of people who are really disciplined and I am not I don't I'm I would like to be I'd like to try to work towards that sometimes it feels right and sometimes it doesn't so I haven't quite found
0: it's hard to strike that balance between like you know being on the road promoting writing songs being healthy and taking yeah. care of yourself.
1: It's a lot. And being on the road, you I mean, I am my own tour manager. I am my own everything for the most part. So right. that's a lot of jobs. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it, it can be really hard. But lately I've had a practice over the last few weeks of making myself ride every morning and, and then while I'm on tour, I'm actually um writing a tour blog, but it's not really a tour blog. It's like um, sort of vignettes poems essays whatever whatever they are they're just like little snapshots
0: are you updating as you go or is this going to be like later you're going to post it
1: um right now I, my intention is to put po- is to post them as i go i just posted the first one last night actually um on the evermore com website so yeah they're just they're raw creative sort of unedited, just Un-ed- yeah. yeah and so sometimes it's about you know the show sometimes it's about Whatever headspace I'm in, sometimes it's about something we saw, you know, on the, you know, on the way. It, it yeah. I'm just kind of letting them be whatever they are, um, but their memories and their
0: right. And that's a great practice. You can always, you know, channel that into a song later. Yeah, that's uh, the hope, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> that they that they do become something. But it's also a way for people to kind of see a different side of tour to life.
0: Right. Um. So, ha- have you published any poetry or?
1: Yeah, not in a long time, but I definitely did around my grad school days when I was when I was doing a lot of that. I thought whenever I went to grad school. So I'll go back a little bit. In 2005, you know, was when Katrina Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and I was living there at the time. I had just graduated from college and um that I had I had a new I had a band going. We had like a big our first like big show on Frenchman Street was going to be Labor Day weekend, yeah. you know, of that of two thousand five. And everything I think I know this is going. Got very disrupted. Uh-huh. So um some of my band members never came back after Katrina and um I kinda had to start over, but I also lost lost my service industry job that I had, had. And I and I didn't know whenever we finally were able to get back into New Orleans. Like, well okay, now what? And um I ended up working in a tile store. I did I did sales of flooring for like the next couple of years. I, and I was playing shows occasionally too. Yeah. But something about being <laughs> in that industry, I just thought I have to get back to around right. writers and artsy people. And like, I'm just not getting that, you know, I have a need for, for that in my life. So so that working in that industry, I pushed me to j- to apply to grad school in New Orleans. Uh, they have a creative writing program there that's really stellar. And um, so I thought that I'd go there and I'd like, take these poetry classes and end up writing a whole bunch of songs yeah it turns out when you're in grad school you kind of have to do what you're supposed to be doing in grad school so so there was a lot of poetry that came mm-hmm. out of that and uh and i did publish some around that time but i'm pretty pretty focused on uh songwriting now
0: that's great yeah i took some so i, I had a minor in music and i took some songwriting classes with uh yvette uh, landry and There was that same thing of like, you're like, sweet, I'll get some songs out of this. And it's like, no, these are exercises. (laughs) I can't use this for anything. (laughs) Totally. But it it definitely made me a, you know, a better songwriter. But it's just funny that you're like, oh, I'm totally going to use this. And sometimes you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, you went to school for poetry, worked at a tile store. In between 2005 and now, what what else have you been doing? Um, I know that you did you you play in the Light Set, which is mm-hmm. a side project that you do with lauren Yeah, we just
1: released our first EP like um, just last weekend. So really? Yeah, we're really excited about it. It's a three-song EP. It's called Diving, and I'm pretty sure you can find it on all the. Oh, I can't wait to hear all that. All the um, you know, s- the Spotify, iTunes. I think it's on Bandcamp. You know, that's what we'd like to promote because it's pretty friendly Bandcamp. to artists. Um, but yeah, the light set Diving is the name of the EP. And so Dave, who plays guitar with me, we were both actually in that band. Right. And Lauren Oglesby is the, the band leader, songwriter. And she's phenomenal. And so, yeah, that's been exciting. I also play drums for Alexandra Scott when she's, when she's gigging down in New Orleans. Uh, she's got a record she's working on that hopefully will be out in the next year. And, um, yeah, I've just been, for me, after grad school i put out a record called pennies in hand and that was the beginning of of me really pursuing right the music life and so it was all all diy i think it was 12 2012 okay 2011 or 2012 yeah um that was the first time i started touring and really starting to learn the diy music life and then i put out a record a few years later a double ep um And I put all those out under the name Kelsey May. And for me, those years are very much like a learning process of Mm -hmm. who I am, who I am as a writer, who I am as a person. And um, I'm really, really excited about this new record and Evermore Nest because I finally feel like I found home. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we're excited about that. And um, everything seems to sort of align with the arriving in Nashville last year. I, um, I had a. I don't know where I heard it. If it was, could have been. There's this great radio show in New Orleans called Nola County.
0: Yeah. On WHIG. Shout out to Jimmy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jimmy's such a great DJ. And um, it might. It was probably there. I heard Caroline Spence, her album Spades and Roses. Yeah. And I was like floored. It was just so beautiful. And yeah. I, I want to work with whoever made that record. You know, and because at the time I was, I had all these songs, and I just I didn't know where I wanted to record. I didn't know what producer I wanted to work with. Right. And I was really struggling to to sort of figure that out. And then um, I found out it was Nielsen Hubbard, and I shot him an email. And and then I, we arri- I arrived in Nashville in August, and we started recording the day of the the total eclipse. And it oh was yeah. <laughs> it was like a really magical, cosmically awesome, just experience altogether. That's just that's beautiful. Everything felt like it fell into place, and um, um, there was one song that we were recording. It's the first track on the record. It's called Unraveling. And uh, to me, that, that song sort of sums up the last four or five years. And um, it's about just trying to figure out your place in the world. And um, we were recording that song, and I, I didn't go into the studio knowing what to do with it, how to, how to arrange it. Um, and so we had Nielsen Hubbard on drums, Dean Merrill on bass, Will Kimbrough on lead guitar, uh, I was playing rhythm guitar, and then Josh Britt from the Orphan Brigade. He um he had he was in the studio that day to take some video footage, and he was like, "Hey, I could put some banjo on this track if you want." <laughs> and I was like, "Banjo? Like I would never would. I mean, I have banjo in the band, right. But Like I ne- I didn't really think of it for this song." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure. Let's like see how it goes." And we started tracking the tune, and I just like started weeping. Yeah, it was like such a beautiful, perfect moment you know and um the whole thing was just really really a rewarding experience from start to finish and and so i just can't wait to get it out
0: you have some really solid people and on, on your record that's awesome will kimbrough is like he plays on everyone's record up here he's just <laughs> as, he <fantastic>. he <laughs> yeah. as he should as he
1: should he's so good
0: and it's funny um because uh Clint often he was on the show uh, a few podcasts ago, and he's working with Nielsen currently on his record that he's planning on releasing, and he worked with him on his last record, so I'd heard the name before. And then I went last yesterday. I was at a fond object, just going through all the local stuff, and I saw that Kira Small has done it and then you you know Caroline Spence and so like his name keeps popping up
1: um that you hosted Hannah said that she worked with him in the past really on an EP or something a few years ago so yeah he's gotten around and he's he's really good at what he does
0: well yeah and all the all those albums from all those people are fantastic so I'm really excited to hear yours thanks thanks especially with Will Kimbrough on it like you definitely I can't wait to hear it it's gonna be good
1: he he really I don't know he pulled out all the stops in terms of the things I like, you know yeah. and i i just didn't i didn't know what to expect going in i This was the first time I'd ever hired a producer and showed up to a studio
0: just with the songs in hand with and the songs yeah. yeah and
1: um, i mean we we had had conversations about the instrumentation and stuff that we were both envisioning, so it wasn't like a total surprise, but I felt like I had never really put just handed over control.
0: Was that hard? It was very hard because I haven't done it yet. yeah, it was extremely hard I've, I've never handed <laughs> over control to anyone but it recording. worked
1: out I mean it was a leap of faith, but it it was um it was the right leap yeah for sure um and and now like it was it's exactly the sound that I wanted and and now I am able to have it with the band I have and yeah, I'm just feeling really good
0: was the process like did you um track individually or was it more of a live
1: no it was it was live. We did some overdubs later with some strings and, um, uh, strings and pedal steel, right? S- some other music, uh, instruments, but, but yeah, it was, it was mostly live. The, the four, so one, it was like three days of me and Will and Dean and Nielsen. And then, um, and then there was one day where Kenny Hudson came in, uh, with, uh, he plays like, I mean, he plays guitar, but he also plays pedal steel, lap steel and dobro. Yeah. And, um, so we had one day with him as well.
0: So would you call this, this is like a, an Americana album? Or I think so. Yeah. I
1: mean, it definitely has some rock and roll on it, some song. There's a, a handful of songs that probably, <laughs> it's funny because at Americana Fest, I ended up at the Songlines music meeting where people rate your songs yeah. and talk about whether or not they, it's mostly radio programmers and they talk about what they like and what they would or wouldn't play. And so it was interesting because a lot of the songs that they played people were talking about how it didn't have enough twang to be Americana, or it should have <laughs> this if it's Americana, or it should have that. I don't, I mean, to me, Americana is just, it's influences of all of these different roots music, I'm right? With you, and I'm so with you on that, yeah. I, to me, rock and roll is one of those. Right. And so I think it's okay to have songs that don't have twang necessarily, but but yeah, I mean, it's. I definitely consider the album Americana. Um, the textures are, are a lot of the roots instruments. My songwriting is definitely Southern-influenced, Right. you know, being from Louisiana and, uh, but yeah, the, the major Tom, the single, most people are calling it pretty folky, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's a song called paper dolls and there's one called I wish I, and those are both pretty rock and roll. Yeah. But the, r- the rest of it's got that definite sort of country influence.
0: Well with, I mean, if you've got like pedal steel and yeah. dobro totally. on it. That's <laughs> that kind of ties it all into the that's American thing. That's what I figure. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think that, um, I mean, I guess everyone has their own interpretation of it. Uh, but for me, Americana is like kind of that crossroads of rock and roll, country, folk, blues, blues mm-hmm. all kind of into one thing. So, you know, if you're just doing country, you know, you're not Americana. You got to kind of like put it all to in there, right. you know, and or at least a few of them, you know. Sure, so sure. To me, I think that that makes it authentically uh, Americana. But like, it's funny you go through this week and everyone just has some different idea of Americana. Mm-hmm. So
1: That's true. I had no idea. It's pretty yeah. eye-opening <laughs> to hear the those breadth conversations. The depth of
0: what it is. <laughs>
1: right. It feels natural to me. Like I my last records were more folky singer-songwritery and I, I just really feel like I've I've hit my groove with this this sort of style.
0: So it th- is...
1: I mean there were Americana influences on my other records as well, but Right. But I um, mean the last record I did, Half Light, uh, under the name Kelsey May, and that came out in 2014, and the producers I worked with, uh, it was a double EP technically. And so one of them, one of the groups of songs is, is definitely more Americana. And the other group is a lot more New Orleans influenced. They wanted to bring in a lot of New Orleans musicians. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a great experience. And I got to work with a lot of phenomenal people, but that New Orleans sound is not my sound. Right. And, um, so I'm really, I really feel like, like I've found sort of my place within the larger musical (laughs) landscape. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: So is, is Kelsey may, indefinitely on hold or are they two separate things or is it now is it just evermore nest great
1: question i think it's just evermore nest now i mean i'm i'm still kelsey may like that's what people call me and that's my name so um so i will and and i've played some shows solo as kelsey may because you don't really get the whole evermore nest vibe you know when i'm playing solo but but just kelsey may just doesn't feel like the right name for the art that i'm wanting to
0: create yeah it's funny transitioning and changing to get people on board with you too yeah (laughs) especially when they've known you as kelsey may for so long because for you know for four years we were the onlys so when i went to will payne harrison like you know it just kind of it drops off for a a long time like people don't recognize that those are the same people you know right like who's evermore nest so you got to like get people on board and that's that's rough
1: yeah i mean it's kind of like starting over but in many ways that's what i wanted I wanted a clean slate. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I wanted to to feel creatively um freed in a sense, you know, from this prior um version journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> version journey, either one.
0: So where is the uh record gonna be available whenever it's out?
1: It will be available at all the places I think that you would expect online, uh certainly. October 12th is a release date. So actually currently uh, if you're listening to this before October 12th, it um you can pre-order it on iTunes right now with okay. a, and it comes with an immediate download of Major Tom, okay. which is the single. And that video is out actually currently as well. It's on YouTube and we're really really proud of of how that turned out.
0: What's the uh, YouTube page Evermer- um, Evermore Nest?
1: Well, it, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I th- uh, Parish Road Music is the the previous like Kelsey May. Um, that's where the Kelsey May videos are. And currently that's where the Evermore Nest videos are as well. But, um, if you just Google Evermore Nest or Major Tom, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot that'll come up if you Google (laughs) Major Tom. Um, but yeah, if, if you put Evermore Nest in there, it'll come up with the video. But yeah, so that's out. And, um, and actually if you order on pre-order on iTunes, it's actually a little cheaper too. Current, if you do it before buying the record. Thanks. the day of so um, definitely check that out but it'll be it'll be on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify and all those things I definitely appreciate the people who are willing to go and, and actually spend a few dollars instead of right. just yeah, streaming don't it's really helpful to us but um, don't just stream it <laughs> <laughs> buy but it it'll be please. there and I'm sure it'll be on my website as well evermorenest.com uh, right now for distribution of physical copies I I don't know if it's going to be here in Nashville I need to try to figure that out it'll definitely be at the the stores in New Orleans.
0: Are you going to have it on um, vinyl?
1: Um, I would love to. I, I It is not probably cassette in the cards tapes. right now. <laughs> all the all the cool <laughs> kids
0: are doing cassette tape right now.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering where they're finding cassette players.
0: I know. Seriously. I they had don't one even in my last
1: them. car, which was a miracle because it wasn't terribly old of a car, but there's not one in anybody's car that I know of right now. They're not now. even
0: doing CD players anymore in cars.
1: I know. So yeah no i I do, I do intend to do vinyl at some point i just don't know when that's going to be um we kind of included included that as a stretch goal for our kickstarter hoping to get way extra money yeah. but we didn't get way extra you know we hit our goal so unfortunately i don't have the funds right now vinyl's so expensive
0: it is so expensive and you don't even get that many it's like about right. it's about a grand for like 1500 three. for like 100 right
1: It's something ridiculous. I mean, I think the lowest cost I was able to find for like a cost for a record was like $10 a record, Right. which means you have to charge, you know, double that at least, you know, so it's, uh, it's not really, it's, they're really awesome. And I hope to, to be able to offer them. Um,
0: but we'll see. Yeah. That's why it's, that's why nobody has them (laughs) (laughs) or only like, you know, people with a lot of money.
1: Totally. Um, but Yeah. So, yeah, please, please go check all that out. And like I said, hit iTunes now and then you won't have to worry about it later.
0: Awesome. And so you are from New Orleans. So we're going to talk about the Saints.
1: <laughs> Who dat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: I love I love the Saints They're near and dear to me.
0: This is where I'm going to pretend like I know a lot about sports. I'm not really a huge sports person, but no, I do know about Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, it's kind of hard to get through Um living in Louisiana and not know who True Breeze is.
0: Are you an LSU person too?
1: No, yeah. my family my family are huge LSU fans. I didn't go there and at college sports or I don't know for whatever reason, I'm just really into the the pro kind of stuff, you know?
0: I went to UL and th- literally like professors would get so mad if you because on game day, you know, it'd be you should be wearing UL stuff and everyone's wearing LSU like everyone in south Louisiana, That's crazy. like it's lsu yeah, and saints yeah it's a
1: sort of fanatic situation there uh the saints this year uh we'll see how things are going to go i i um my interest in nfl has waned over the years i uh it's it's really unfortunate i feel like the nfl as an as an organization is really kind of um just really ruining the sport in a lot of ways politicizing all the things that they're doing and uh i mean there's so many things we could talk about from the injuries and um and all the other stuff but uh but it's hard because i'm a i'm a sports fan at heart like i really enjoy the game and i really enjoy watching people who are good at what they do do what they do whether it's music or athleticism or you know something else like it's really fun to watch people who are talented you know yeah do something cool and uh but the saints were so meaningful to the city post katrina i mean they really i i will never forget and even when i see highlights of it on tv like i can i'll get teary eyed but that that steve gleason punt block that happened it was the first um it was like one of the first plays of the uh, the, the atlanta saints game in 2006 the first first home game after katrina yeah and uh and and Steve Gleason has become a hero for the city and a major advocate for, for um ALS awareness and research because he has it. And um I don't do you know about Team Gleason? I don't. Oh it's a great organization. Um but it's a pretty phenomenal story. There's a there's a statue of him outside the Superdome now. Um but he of him blocking this punt. It was such a symbolic moment. Yeah. Where New Orleans finally just we were back. And um and every I was in a bar at the time, Carrollton Station, which which used to to be a great live music venue in New Orleans. Um currently they don't they don't really do music. But I was in that bar with like, you know, it was packed full of people because it was the first Saints home game and you couldn't get tickets. Like previously yeah. they had been terrible so you could always get tickets but um and everyone was just in tears. It was like a really meaningful moment and sports have they have power, and they have power to do good. Yeah. And it was a real turning point for the city and so I'm I'll always be a Saints fan even if I have my issues with the, yeah, the (laughs) the greater (laughs) franchise and organ, not the franchise, but the organization of the,
0: and of course you can feel free to talk about that. We we're very uh, open with talking about anything you want to talk about, but um, I, I do understand that because that's what the Preds are for Nashville. And uh, whenever they went to the Stanley cup, it was that same, like, like everyone in the city was together kind Uh of feeling. And uh, ever since then, it's all like, I feel like it's just like, it's it's almost even though they lost, you know, it was it was just like electric. Like everyone in the city was mm-hmm. like, We're all together. Right. It's, it's a great feeling. Um well, what are what are you know, you talked about the ALS uh foundation that he started. What are some um like charities or, or good work organizations that you're passionate about? Do you have any?
1: Mm hmm I do. There's an organization in New Orleans called Apex. And um essentially they're kind of like a community center for kids for after it's like an after school program um but they do way more than what that sounds like yeah uh it's just it's like a safe place um for kids to go they've they can play basketball they can play music they can do their homework they can eat a meal with other people around a table and yeah. um it's something that the the city new orleans is just so full of I don't, I don't know the best way to put it but there's a lot of struggle, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of poverty. Yeah. Um and and I I wrote a song called The Fire which was on that Half Light album. And we did a music video and it, you can find a link to Apex at the end of that. Uh But they teach uh reconciliation, never retaliation. Retaliation is a major uh part of the violence problem that we have. Right. in New Orleans and um so i I'm, I'm really passionate about trying to to find opportunities for the youth in our city
0: That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. I I should be doing way more.
0: But I think um, you know, we could all do way more, but it's always good to like you know, have that passion and and do as much as you can. You're also your own manager <laughs> and <laughs> your own tour. Twi- you know, you're That's booking so your own show. You got you got a lot on your plate. You're still trying to write songs here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. it's hard to fit it all in, but uh, it's important that we be um I think civically minded and pay attention to our communities and remember that, that communities are bigger than just us and our group of friends. Right. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot more diversity that we need to, to embrace. Um, so.
0: And new Orleans is a great example of that. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, I think I want to hear a song. You yeah, play a song.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love to play. What a song. uh, what song are you going to be playing? I don't know. So if you're going to play Major Tom at the beginning of this, yeah. I would have played that. So maybe I'll let me think about it. Um, shoot, I got this early morning. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Since I've got, since we're recording this in the morning and I have morning voice,
2: you're going to sing a morning I'm gonna song. Sing,
1: I'm going to sing a song that <laughs> that that has some low notes in it. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I like this it. This is called Town with One Horse. One, two, three.
2: Some days I sit and dream of a life Where butterflies are dancing And there's fireflies at night And you'll sing me your songs And I'll sing them with you At our house on the ridge The great mountain view. I want babies and romance and plants on the porch. But you want whiskey and women in a town with one horse. Mama says, Your joke. Papa says you can't be saved But I believe in miracles And redemption all the same So I will clasp my hands I will bow my weary head, And pray that God delivers you From someone else's And women in a town with one horse And I know what they all say Girl, it's time to be moving on You're not here Sound with one voice. Got my rocking chair, got a pistol in the road. Get drunk, and when you wake up, the reckoning unfolds. Brother Murphy is here, the pistol's under my bouquet, and he asks you to repeat his words. No more women. No more towns with one horse. No more whiskey or women or towns with one horse.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me. Whiskey.
2: (laughs) Everything else is okay.
0: Make sure you check out evermore nest at evermore on all the social medias and all that kind of stuff. Uh, please, when you uh, get a chance, go stop by Americana station on Instagram, Facebook, and all that jazz and uh, give us a like, um, give us a follow. Um, if you're listening to this currently um november 17th uh chris moise who is on the program and i will be at true music room so come uh come check out me and chris moise um and uh here's some good music we're gonna bring our bands out and it's gonna be a great night um up next on the podcast in a few weeks we're gonna have miss lauren pratt miss lauren pratt just won uh no depression um songwriting contest she's won, she's one or, or come runner up and quite a few others she's an awesome songwriter um good friend of mine uh, that i've known for a few years living up in boston right now and we'll hear all about her next record that she's coming out with and um in the meantime make sure you go check out uh, all these links and uh we hope that you go listen to uh evermore nest have a good one
2: can draw